2: Hi, this is Baldiano, and you are listening to Talking Metal.
0: Broadcasting around the world, around the world, around the world, from Jersey City, New Jersey. This is the Talking Metal podcast. Here are your hosts, Mark Striegel and John Astronomy.
3: We've done it. We have made it to... Episode 300 of the Talking Metal podcast. How are you, John? I'm doing pretty good, Mark. Cheers to Cheers. episode the big talking 300. Metal toast. Talking the put up toast. your drink. I'm drinking the uh, Blue Moon here. We are on the home turf. Yes, here in Jersey City, New Jersey. The home base, the uh what do you call it? The uh, yeah, home base, Home right? base the of Talking Metal. Home base of, of Talking, metal. The, base the, of the, talking place, metal.
1: the the founding soil of Talking yeah, Metal. Yeah, absolutely. We are at the Lamppost Bar. This is one of the coolest places I've in never Jersey been here. City. This is a great bar, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. They have bands here. They've got a bunch of TV screens. It's a cool place. Yeah. And it is Jersey City on the spot, true and true. And I wish we had a video camera because if you could see what we encountered on the walk here, it was just classic, cool Jersey City stuff. Yes. The real deal. Definitely. No we doubt. are actually. Uh,
3: Doing so much We've done so much stuff But let's talk about What's coming up This is our fifth year This is the 300th episode This summer We gotta do something crazy August will be the
1: Five year anniversary Of Talking Metal No doubt We have to have Some kind of a big event I already know That people like Metal Mike People like Bud Friendly Everybody wants to be Involved in that And we're going to do it, but yeah. we have to plan it. and We'll keep all you guys posted. We have a, a lot of cool stuff coming up. March 6th, we have the Screaming Metal gig at Dingbats gonna in Clifton. Awesome. That's going to be awesome. We're going to have, of course, the band. The house band is Dan Lorenzo, Alan Tecchio, and T. Coombs from Haiti. Hades. Uh, Alan and Dan, of course, we're also in nonfiction. And we have a bunch of special guests rumored to be showing up at this gig. Including possibly... Numerous members
3: from the band except, except yeah. yeah, at least one of them, maybe yeah, more. at we'll least see.
1: one or more except members. We've got Metal Mike coming down, and and who else? You know, yeah. you you never know who is going to show up at a screaming metal gig. Yeah, maybe so members of Overkill. You never know. So we have so much great stuff. We got the screaming metal gig coming up. We have numerous
3: appearances on MTV2's Headbangers Ball coming up. Right. We've done a bunch of those already. We did one with Alan Flores from Guitar Hero, one with Ace, one with Zach. Zach. Uh, We have Paul Deano, who's going to be coming up on a, a, a current episode uh, I went out to Paul's Hotel. That in is the Clinton, most New amazing Jersey, story. And hung out with him and shot an interview with him. So you're going to be seeing that on MTV2's Headbangers Ball. And you're going to be hearing it tonight. Yeah, t- in today's podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have Rob Halford coming up uh, on a future episode of MTV2's Headbangers Ball.
1: Now on the perfect time slot. Uh, Monday, Monday night. Monday night, it's 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So, guys, you know what? If you want to really be metal, stay up and watch it. If you can't stay up, DVR it or yeah. tape it or whatever you got to do, but uh, catch it for sure. And you know what? It's, it's amazing. I mean, time slot, crazy time slot or not, uh, it's an honor to be on MTV2's yeah. Headbangers Ball. We have Bobby
3: Blitz coming up on the next live show, yeah. which I think March 11th, 11th it, right. it'll be a Thursday edition of the live show, which we usually do on Tuesdays. So that'll be coming up uh, before you know it. And Richard Christie will be on the podcast. Judas Priestess, yeah. White Wizard, the uh, Morbid Chef, all sorts <laughs> I of I really great, like the Morbid yeah, Chef. Yeah, she, she was, was great. fun. Definitely. All sorts of great guests coming up. So please stay tuned. To TalkingMetal.com We have the Wire section Which is rocking every day Well, maybe not every day But most days We're going to try content. to rock it every day Updated by John, myself And Victor, Victor. in Spain Who's or really Mars uh, Attacks Yeah, he's really become a part Of the Talking Metal family You have uh, streaming content Up all the time On Mark Striegel Radio Including those reruns If you missed the Talking Metal show live. They rerun You know, the Talking yeah. Metal live shows They rerun on Mark Striegel Radio So definitely check that out uh, we are pitching a new version of the Talking Metal TV show, to, so we'll see what happens with that.
1: And, and then in addition to that, we have a brand new, completely different pilot up right now in yes. the wire section, so you yeah, should check that out. let's link that, actually. Maybe yeah, we'll link that through notes. today's show notes. A, and, and that is an amazing version of the radio version of Talking Metal. It's called Talking Metal Pirate Radio. Yeah, and, it's uh, a
3: video show. It's a TV show, actually. Right, it's a yeah. TV
1: show. Kind of like I don't know, more like maybe like a Howard Stern or an IMus, not in the content part, but how it's shot. The way it's the way it's done. Yeah.
3: So we will have that link through today's show notes, produced uh, and uh, shot and edited by our friend Jay Jay Bones. Bones, Big toast to to Jay Jay Bones. Bones.
1: Yeah. So let me run down. And by the way, tonight, guys, of course we mentioned we're going to have Paul D'Anno, singer from early Iron Maiden. Amazing records. He's on. We're going to tell you all about Mark's encounter with Paul D'Anno, and it is unbelievable. Wait to hear this. And then, before that, we are going to feature our interview, which was the first exclusive interview that David Ellison conducted with anybody. A, really, yeah. With he, anyone. he
3: issued a few a few lines. Uh, he issued a brief statement to Classic Rock, right. and that was the first thing. But the actual full on interview that he actually did with anybody uh right after joining Megadeth i think it was announced on a monday he was on our live show on tuesday, tuesday. which was amazing yeah. and
1: what was so cool about david ellison is that you had you had uh, informed me about it and said hey let's let's get him on the live show and i sent him a quick text, and this is how cool David Elveson is. A guy, he's just got into Megadeth, yet he still has time to answer my tex- text messages. And said, yeah, absolutely. You tell me what time, give me the phone number, and I'll call right in. And that's yeah. how
3: cool he was. And, G- great guy. He's and, been on the show a couple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: no doubt. He's been on, I think uh, this will be his third time, right. at least, on Talking Metal. And uh, really, really nice guy. I interviewed him first at a uh, Les Paul tribute or a les paul birthday concert or something uh in manhattan and then the second time he came over to my apartment which was amazing and uh tried out all the guitars and dug all the kiss gear that i got and um and we had a, a good time did a great interview and now this will be the third time and uh i can't wait till we all meet up probably at the next Megadeth show yeah which would be cool yes
3: Definitely. So, uh, and just to go back over our, our past yeah, that's what I wanted to do for the, the last th- 300 episodes, I mean, we have, you know, basically got in on this podcasting thing, I think kind of on the early side, right. which I think helped. Which, us. thanks
1: to Mark, that was all thanks to Mark, guys.
3: You know, John and I had appeared on these VH1 shows, uh, metal moments uh, and w- w- least metal moments and shocking moments and and we decided uh, that it would be best if we kind of since people were like who the hell are these guys and i'll be honest we knew people you know i worked at vh1 john yeah, worked at vh1 they the people at vh1 knew we were knowledgeable people and they kind of put us in front of the camera we're thankful that they did that um and uh you know our names were out there and we kind of thought you know, we should do something more with this. And we, we put together a podcast. And I'm getting choked up actually just saying this. It's yeah. been, a, it's been it's, great. It's been amazing. Man. We've it had really so much been. fun. We've done backstage interviews at OzFest. We've interviewed Ozzy. I mean, Halford is yeah. on, you know, a pretty, pretty close uh, 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 personal level with us, you know. Yeah, without uh, a doubt, I mean, we Halford had Halford write us a write song. Write a song. Yeah, we, we went on from the VH1 thing to do a, a show on Fuse. Right. Thank and, you. um, which did well. You know, I know we always say this and people don't believe it, but I swear to God those ratings were good. Yeah. And and the fact that they continued to air it for a full two years after right. we did it, or almost a full two years, yeah, yeah. is a testament to that. It uh, really is two years yeah. because
1: our first pilot aired in November 2007, and the last time we were on was November 2009. Yes. So, um, and and believe it or not, guys, when it aired in uh Two thousand nine. I'm not sure which one. The, the The one weekend we were not only the highest that rated the show October, of the day, I think. October. Yeah, 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 we were the highest rated show of the entire weekend, beating shows like Wayne's World. And I mean, for a show uh, that we did with Ozzy back in two thousand seven or eight, that aired twenty sometimes that was two years old, and all the content was two years old to be the highest rated show. On the entire Fuse network for the entire weekend is yeah. a huge thing. We were up against that metal show, which was premiering—I think their season three premiere
3: that right. weekend. Right, that in was October. with Anvil, and and here they'd aired this Talking Metal on Fuse show like twenty-two times. We beat Talking or that metal show's premiere of season right. three. I mean, it, it, insane. And people yeah, are like, "Well, why don't you guys have a show then?" Well, listen, guys. There's politics involved. People left. The the president, who John was good friends with at Fuse, actually left the company, and uh, new people came in. They wanted new content. Although they continue to 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 milk those reruns because they know we bring in revenue to the station. Right. Uh, The reruns might be dead at this point. I don't know due to publishing issues. But um, listen, we are just uh, thrilled to have this new relationship with MTV's Headbangers Ball. Right. And the peop- Andrew and all the people over there have just been great to us. Yeah, Andrew,
1: yeah. John Moscowza, all those guys are amazing. And what's so cool is that the Headbangers Ball was my favorite show when I was a kid. And just the fact that we have been on at least three, and we're gonna, we have many more to come, episodes of the Headbangers Ball is just uh, amazing. It's a dream come true, and uh, we're thankful that we could do all this cool stuff because of all you listeners to Talking Metal. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, enough of honking our own horns. What right. is your favorite Megadeth record? You know, I have to say, and this is going to sound like a cliche thing, but whatever was going on in my mind when Peace sells" uh, yes. the song came out, and, and the, oh, it's such a great the, record. the record that came with it, um, that has to be my favorite time period for Megadeth. But I have to say that, and, and this is not a... David Ellefson, uh tune, even though I, I believe that David Ellison is like the guy that needs to be and must be in Megadeth. I really like United Abominations. I thought that was a great record. Yeah, too.
3: no, definitely. Definitely. And it's interesting. Uh, one of the the little controversial moments, not even controversial, one of the, the, the eye-opening moments, I thought, in this interview we did with Dave, was when I asked him if, if he would be willing to play some of that right. stuff. Because so, there's so many times, like, you don't hear Rob Halford doing any of the uh Ripper Owen's era pre- right. stuff, although right. Bruce Dickinson has done like Blaze Bailey or, stuff, yeah, one or two songs maybe um which is interesting uh but Ellifson said that he would definitely be into doing it, yeah, uh, which uh, I think is really cool stuff. and it
1: just shows how cool David is is because he you know he doesn't mind if a song is cool, he'll play it yeah, you know and and that's how how cool david is i I swear to god it's it's amazing um. Back to blowing our own horn again It's just I'm just blown away At the relationships We've made Yeah Uh, Let's do a toast to that Because we've made A lot of great relationships Cheers
3: And we're not just talking About the the rock stars We're talking about With you people I I just got off the phone With Donny G Yeah What a great guy I mean so many good friendships Uh, Victor over in Spain Who does his own
1: show Mars Attacks And we've had so Uh, many people Come in for our concerts Yeah I would take another one Thank you We are at the lamppost. This is true talking metal it, style. Yeah. Exciter. We got Christina here. Yeah, she's <laughs> the
3: bartender here behind the bar. Exciter is a great guy. Exciter a form, all the way C-man from. And a Shotaholic. I mean, so many nice guys. And we got Jay those, coming in. Remember the, the, the beautiful uh, Artwork, drawings? artwork, yeah. yeah. From, from Shot. That was, yeah, that was amazing. Great. Shot
1: like. You know, we will never forget that. Yeah, I got it hanging in my basement,
3: the one with uh, the Zach one. Yeah, I those
1: are you. great. I, I still look at all those pictures, and I can't believe, Shot, that you really, like, studied those and, and took the time to, you know, to really just spend drawing and, you know, creating art about talking metal. And, yeah. uh, and s- you deserve a toast for that. Yeah. Yeah. All of you Shot guys a do. hog. You can tell that we like to... Uh, enjoy alcoholic beverages here yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
3: We are the only ones here. It's yes. early uh Monday, President's Day. President's uh, Day. Uh, anyways, uh wanna get it we're just having a grand old. We're time having a good here. time here. Let's and I,
1: guys, I hope that you guys enjoy this. We're, we're not gonna like Oh, I know spin. what I was gonna say. I What's was gonna that? say I want to do a toast to the
3: forgotten soldiers, talking metal soldiers okay, that have let's been do left it. behind. Guys like let me throw these names out. <laughs> Donovan <laughs> Do you remember Donovan? Yeah. Donovan was blind and hopefully Oh yeah, he is, made those amazing still opens. around yeah. somewhere. Yeah, he did. A lot of the show opens that we still use to this right, day. Right, right. Those were amazing. And uh totally he even called in to one of the live shows yeah. at one he, point. Yeah, this guy and, is out of uh, control. I disappeared. I still, gone off the face of the earth. Wow. Haven't heard from him whatsoever. Um Jared Remember Jared? Jared, yeah, yes. Who we met up with in New York and did a few podcasts. What was that with? bar that we met up at? I don't remember, but uh, we hung out with him. Yeah. It was his Jared friend. Matthews. His friend owned
1: the bar, actually. Right, yeah. Jared Matthews, yeah. and he even wrote some reviews on Talking. Yeah, about. and haven't heard from him for we years. We got to find Jared. So Donovan, um, Jared. Okay, who else do we got to look for? Oh, I don't know. I don't How about Bert Gabriel? He's still Bert around.
3: Gabriel is uh, not as much as he used to, but right. he does occasionally serve Bert Gabriel, serve where are you? Yeah, cool. Well, let's get into the interview with. Uh, David Ellefson of Megadeth.
1: Hey, David, it's Mark from Talking Metal. Are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here. What's going on?
1: David, it's uh, John Astronomy. It was great to talk to you earlier today. The metal community is completely going crazy because we are so excited that you are back in Megadeth
0: you very much, and I'm very very happy to be back.
1: Can you
3: give us a brief rundown of how this actually came about? Was this something that was in the making for a while, or something that happened suddenly?
0: No, it's it it, it it totally happened really just over the last couple of days. And um, um, you know, they I, I, I got a a text actually about something, and uh, you know, I guess there was a transition that was going to be happening, and. Uh, um, you know they, I, I, they reached out to me, and and uh, you know Dave and I, you know we've spoken actually in even in kind of recent months last year. You know we we touch base, and I got to say Dave has been good about reaching out to me over the last several years that we've not worked together, and and um, but for you know one reason or another it just never seemed to click and you know to hook hook back up, and this just seems to be one of these moments where the heavens parted, the planets aligned, and it all worked out.
3: Good. Well, the heavy metal community could not be more excited by this news. Um, for me personally, it's always felt like there's been a missing link there in 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 Megadeth the last few years, and uh, just very excited that you're back in the fold.
0: Well, thank you very much. And I, and I, man, my I've just been getting tons of uh, emails and phone calls, of course. And yeah, that that seems to be the the uh, the feeling I get about it. So I I certainly appreciate everybody who's. Uh, you know, been paying attention to the other things I've been doing uh, in recent years, and I, I certainly appreciate everybody who has, uh, you know, been a Megadeth fan for for all these years. So I'm I'm glad to be back, and I think the timing is certainly coming up on this Rust in Peace tour.
3: Yeah, 20 uh, years.
0: You know it's funny is, I mean, you know, all these albums are are coming to their twenty and twenty-five year maturity now, and uh, which is, for me, it's kind of odd to think that it was that long ago that we made them. You know, for one thing, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but at the same time, it's like it, as as the band is, you know, continues to go on and is is still relevant and and has made such a big, you know, stamp here in in the heavy metal and just the music community. Period. It's uh, it's. I'm just. You know. I, I'm. I'm very honored as a. You know. Member back in the group now. That. That. That the fans just love this music so much. So I'm. It, it's a. It was a thrill to, get to roll up my sleeves and dig in and go play it again.
3: And and you guys are playing every song off the record. The right record in its entirety. Correct.
0: That is the plan. Yep. Exactly. Play the record in its entirety. And uh, and then after that, there, you know, there'll be obviously some other songs because it'll be a, a headlining set but um you know i think there's just a real excitement you know sean drover is is uh you know a big uh megadeth you know a big fan of the megadeth music you know and he's uh he's really got a spirit and a passion for it and i see why he and dave work so well together and you know the and you know the two of them just wrote head crusher which was nominated for a grammy which i was happy for them on that and uh um you know, Sean's got the right spirit, the right the right heart for this, and and I mean the guy just bleeds metal. So it's it's he's he's a great a great. I'm glad, I'm glad to be in a band with him.
1: I was going to ask David if you had been friends with Sean in the past.
0: I have not. Um, you know, initially he and his brother Glenn came over to see me at the Nam Show. This when they first got in the band, so that would have been what 2004 maybe. Right, like I that. think so. Yeah. And they came over and they just said, hey, you know you know, just wanted to say hello, and we're big fans, and, you know, and obviously they were, you know, playing in the group at that time, and and so that was really about it. I, I didn't, you know, I hadn't been on any close communications at all, and, and uh, but, uh, you know, he, you know, I'd see him at NAM shows and stuff like that. And he was always, you know, very cordial and would always make an effort to come over and see me, and we'd hang out and talk a little bit, and um you know just to kind of you know keep again like you said he goes look I'm a big fan of what you did for the band you know so i think he was just genuinely thrilled that there's going to be an opportunity here like this to make this happen and um you know and I, and and it, it seems to be that the fans are as, as excited so uh that obviously puts a little skip in my step and and uh, a lot of great work up ahead here this year too with all the shows and the touring and everything that's on the on the calendar so
1: without I mean, a doubt
0: yeah, I mean, the big four and, you know, everything else that's going on here, you know. So it just – it's really – it's you know, it's funny. It, not only is the Russian peace record in its 20-year cycle, you know, uh, anniversary, but it's like a lot of things in this world go in 20-year cycles, you know. Right. And And this is just that time where, you know, Megadeth, Metallica, Anthrax, Slayer, just all this stuff, it's all just kind of lining up and, you know, for all of us that – Formed these little thrash bands back in the early '80s, and you know, here we are all these years later, and into a new millennium. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) as well, yeah. You know what what I mean? We're able to still go out and and play, and that we're all you know relevant and vibrant is is really just an amazing thing. I mean, that that right there is really a testimony to the fans, is what that is, because the fans have kept us alive.
3: It is, and when you look at the bands that you're going to be playing with, like Exodus and Testament, Anthrax, Slayer, and Metallica, it's just amazing that all you guys are still around and, like you said, still so relevant to not only guys like John and I, who were fans back in the day, but to a whole new group of kids. I mean, what is it like when you go out there and see such young kids into the music?
0: Well, you know, that's what I find. You know, my son is 14, and and his, uh, and, you know, he just knows me as his dad, you know. But all of his friends are starting to get into Megadeth and Metallica, and, you know, so they're more into it than he is, quite honestly. So it was kind of exciting for me to watch him uh, be old enough to actually comprehend what just happened here yesterday, you know, and, and watch this and go, holy cow, wow, you know. So, but you're right. It's, it, that is what it is. There's like now another generation, you know, what is it, two years ago, I think, right? When Iron Maiden just did their big tour, they're somewhere back in time, right? Tour. Yep. You know, I went out to that and uh, to go check that out. And, and, uh, you know, here are people my age and even maybe even a year or two older, but, you know, there they are and right next to him are all their kids you know there's like i remember sure. i just have this vision of this one dad and he's had like three or four of his boys there and they were all in iron maiden shirts you know and <laughs> and it kind of hit me to go you know that's kind of where the megadeth legacy is is heading and and now here a couple years later that is exactly where we are and so uh um you know it's it's there really is another a whole new younger generation the next generation coming up the ranks that are that are growing up fans of this music, and I think a lot of that is from Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and that. I mean, those games have really, uh, you know, breathed a whole new life into the next generation, who probably find out about a lot of this music through the gaming community, without right.
3: a doubt. And now, Rust in Peace is going to be available, or already is available for Rock Band. I think.
0: I don't. That's know. yeah, exactly. That uh, David just told me that, and then I just saw that. Well, I guess it was on Megadeth.com. I saw it so.
1: Cool. Now, logistically, you guys have some work to do within the next month because the tour with Exodus starts in March, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Yep. Starts in March. Uh, March 1st, actually. So it's just a it's just a four week tour around North America. Um, you know, fortunately, Dave and I know those songs. Right. You know. <laughs> um, but, but it's ironic because uh, um, there's one thing in particular that I'm really looking forward to playing, which is Five Magics. That's just one of my favorite song. That and Polaris, quite honestly, but especially Five Magic is just... I remember when me and Nick Menza were recording it as if it were last week, you know, it was just one wow. of those musically just ferocious songs. And, uh, you know, that music is very, very progressive. I mean, if it didn't have distorted guitars, it, they would probably have called it jazz instead of heavy metal. Right. You know? So Because right. uh, it's very very progressive, but um, you know, it, it's, uh, you, it, it's one of those things where you know, we played Holy Wars, Hangar 18, Take No Prisoners a little bit, um, played Tornado Souls and the Cretia, you know, over the years, kind of, you know, in and out of the set list over the years. But all the rest of the songs, we've never played them live before, Yeah. Um, as best I remember. So, I mean, Polaris and Five Magics. Uh, Actually, we played Dawn Patrol a few times, you know, but, but, you know, probably half that album has never been performed live. So that, that really makes it a pretty special treat, not only for the fans, but for us as the, as the guys playing it.
3: And you, yeah. So another question regarding the set list, you mentioned that you will do some, some other songs, obviously not from Rust and Peace. Are you opposed to playing any of the Megadeth stuff that didn't have you on bass off the last few records?
0: No, not at all. I mean, I like Head Crusher. I think it's really a cool tune, quite honestly. Um, And, you know, there's some other things that kick the chair. And, you know, in fact, I was even kind of joking with Dave. You know, there's a few songs, um, as there always are with Megadeth songs, there's always things that, you know, just we may have written them, at a certain time, and it it takes sometimes several years before they ever get put onto a record, like even Set the World Afire, that song was originally called Megadeth, and Mm. it took three albums into our career before we actually recorded it, and um, it's one of the first songs Dave played for me when I met him back in 1983, quite honestly. Wow, interesting. Yeah, so there's some songs that he's, you know, put here even on recent records that... um, uh, like 1320 were, you know, little seeds and germs of things from many years ago. And, you know, I know that's just how Dave writes, you know, he'll write things and, and, uh, you know, kind of catalog them away. And for whatever reason, they, you know, you you kind of, you plant them, they, they germinate and sometimes it's many, many years later before they actually make it onto records. And that's sometimes that's just how the songwriting goes in this band.
1: Now, David, have you had a chance to talk with all the guys from the Hell Project and from F5 and have they wished you uh, well in this tour?
0: Yeah, I mean the the, the hail guys actually have. There's some dates coming up um, that I know they were looking at trying to do in March, and then even some stuff coming up um, into I think mean, kind of late May, June, and things like that. And you know, and look, and some of these things, you know, um, obviously we talk about me participating in them, but the the main thing with uh, you know, with, with Hale, it was always just a celebration of metal, you know what I mean, it's a right. fun thing, we never recorded any records, we never went out and did that, that band was never formed under that premise, you know, and a lot of people ask us, dude, when are you going to record some, you know, original songs, but that was never the, the, the plan with that, that group was always just well-known musicians getting together, playing, you know, a catalog of all the fan favorites, you know, that uh, not only from our own bands, but from other bands that we grew up listening to as well. And and so that was really the whole spirit of that band. And and it's interesting because we, even as we were forming, it was like, look, this this should be a rotating uh, membership here. Um, Because it's unrealistic to think that we all live in sometimes a couple of different continents, that we're all going to be available at certain times, and the phone may ring for some really fun, cool opportunities. So, um, you know, I've been obviously in the base chair, you know, from the very beginning. But it's funny, a couple of weeks ago, we just did some shows in New York at BB B. Kings and Frank Bellow came up and played uh, right. from Anthrax. And I told the guys the next night, when we played our show in Boston, I said, look guys, if for any reason, and at that time I did not know this Megadeth thing was on the boiler at all. Um, I said, uh, Look, if for any reason I can't do a future Hale show, you guys should call Frank Bellow because he's great. He's cool. Great player, yeah. He's a great player. Yeah, and I just like, look, he sounded great last night at the New York show. So, you know, I always, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's uh, he's uh, a good candidate for, for a, for a bass dude for, for Hale.
1: No doubt. So, David, man, we really appreciate that you took the time in this crazy time to call into Talking Metal Live, and uh, I had a blast when you came over to uh, my place in Jersey City a couple, maybe a year ago for for the interview, and you were always super cool to me. And I just want to say thank you again, man, and good luck on this tour. We can't wait to see you.
0: Great. Thanks very much, you guys. See you later. Cool. Take Take
1: care. And this is Hangar 18, a classic
3: Megadeth song. We're going to be right back with Richard Christie here in the Talking Metal Studios. Hangar 18, Megadeth.
1: with some classic Megadeth featuring David Ellison, Dave Mustaine, and the gang. I'm so glad that they're back together, and I can't wait till they come around. Yes. We had such a blast hanging out with Dave Mustaine, too. We can't we did, yeah. not yep. mention that. I mean, and if you yeah. haven't
3: seen those clips, you have them up on uh, yeah. what our
1: video page on, this, on the site, you know what, or I'm the YouTube sure. page. I think it's on the YouTube page, yeah. YouTube.com slash Talking Metal. I try to separate it, guys. The, the stuff that TV Guide puts up on their page that's now what's in our video page and then the stuff that we put up in our youtube page that's a separate thing that you have to click the youtube link for cool cool so many different platforms
3: we got the myspace page uh the facebook thing is that dead or the
1: facebook thing is back um i figured out how to tap into it guys we kind of forgot how to get into our facebook page but we figured that out again and uh and then i have a facebook page and um Twitter.com TalkingMetal. Twitter and then I know, guys, you've seen on the top of the site, and I'm sorry, Mark, I'm apologizing to you, that I have a Vimeo button that does not work because I wanted to set something up on that. That's yet oh. another platform. Okay. It's similar to a YouTube, and a lot of people go there to watch videos. And what's amazing is like certain videos, I, I even think Britney Spears like premiered a video on Vimeo. So, Cool. Check that out in C- the future.
3: Yeah, we're going to have a lot of content coming to you on Talking Metal on the podcast here, so please subscribe through iTunes. Leave us a review on iTunes. Definitely. We're going to get into the Paul Deano interview right now, and uh, maybe, do you want to tape 301 while we're at it?
1: Yeah, let's do it. And right. before we get into the interview, I want to explain to all the Talking Metal listeners what you did for Paul Deano. Yeah, get this, guys. Now, check this out. Yeah,
3: yeah we, we wanted to shoot Paul for the MTV uh, Headbangers Ball 2, and... Um, as well as the you know the talking metal interview that you're about to hear, uh, so it it was tough. He canceled on us. Uh, John and I were going to go during the day, and his right. plane was got messed up or something. So, anyways, um, he played in Clifton, New Jersey, which we were not at Dingbats coincidentally, right. where we're going to be playing with Screaming Metal. Hey, and you know what's even 6th. funnier?
1: I stayed. I live like 20 minutes away from Dingbats, and I stayed at the hotel the last Screaming Metal gig that oh, Paul we Deano okay. stayed at. Right. Yeah. So uh he he uh, played Dink Mats
3: um and then he, the next night he was playing on 42nd Street in New York City t- um BB King's Blues Club John was wrapped up in something couldn't uh, couldn't attend yeah, I'm sorry about that So guys. uh Jay Bones uh who is our camera guy for Talking Metal um he drove me out to the hotel in New Jersey we recorded and shot the interview with Paul DeAnno then we were told that Paul needed a ride to the gig, so we—that is we, amazing. Yeah, we drove Paul and his uh, his assistant into uh, into 42nd Street and got all sorts of stories on the way in, uh, talking about what an asshole Dennis Stratton is, and wow. uh, you know. Talking about Steve Harris's daughter, you know she's nice, but she doesn't have very many good songs and all sorts of great stuff. Uh, and Jay Bones actually ended up uh, staying hanging with, him. yeah, hanging out after the show um, to the wee hours of the morning, partying with Paul diano So uh, there you go.
1: I've been a Maiden fan since I met a bunch of cool kids at school who actually liked metal. From the first time I met some other people who were into metal the main group that we were into was Maiden. Cool. And we used to collect Iron Maiden pins. Did you yeah. guys have those oh, little yeah, yeah, pins definitely. in yep. Chicago? Yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, whoever had the coolest pins was, like, the coolest kid. And there was yeah. a guy, his name was Len Hoffman, and uh, I'm going to have to uh, make sure Len here hears this. Len, during high school, got an Eddie tattoo. And, like, none of us were cool enough to even think of getting tattoos at that point. And right. Len had Eddie all over his forearm, and uh, he was like the number one Maiden fan. Wow, cool. Without a doubt. Excellent. Paul
3: definitely rocks all those old Maiden classics still in concert. So if if you have a chance, when Paul comes through your town, definitely check him out. He is the real deal, and I And it's a rare it. thing because, yeah. you
1: know, sometimes he has a little bit of difficulty getting into the U.S. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, and he is back. So make sure you see
3: him. After, I think, 17 years, Paul wow. Deano, back in the United States. Let's get into the interview. Here's a little classic Maiden followed by our interview, and we'll
1: wrap up today's show with the living dead. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys, for 300 episodes. You made this all possible. You made my dream come true. Thank you, guys.
3: Check, so check, check.
2: Just, uh, yeah, enjoy place. Yeah. Oh yeah, I find it for um, CBG is just... What's that? Mm. <laughs> uh, It's not Holmes and Garden. Up, right? It's not Holmes and Garden, man, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that sucked yesterday because um, I couldn't even recognise what CBG was yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's just totally... CBS changed oh, so God, much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they cleaned it up a little since I was last here. Right. You know, but um, yeah, and am trying to find Joy Ramon Place. I said, I'm some stupid. because I've lived there all my life. I said, Joy Ramon Place. She's like, Who's he? I don't even know who. Right. I don't think I know him. So she's, he's not a neighbor. I'm not like, You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I, I, you know what I've done? They put the sign up really high now because people keep stealing right. ah, it. Nah. Because I couldn't even get a photograph done with it. Fucking really pissed. Really yeah. I could have removed my fucking nose. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest man in the world. <laughs> So, Jay, whenever you're
3: ready. And anything that, uh, if there's any questions you don't like or anything, just tell me, we can edit that out. I yeah, well.
2: took my lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, some of my, my lawyers were supposed to come here tonight. Uh, oh, yeah. I took my boys to Texas, basically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they're not gonna make it. One of our guys died, so. Uh, uh-huh. uh, oh, yeah, some one yeah. the partner's died, so, um, Gabe Reed. He takes care of me, Kiss, Monty crew, and everybody. And, oh, okay. He's a good guy, but uh, I'm gonna meet him in Puerto Rico. Uh-huh. That's going to be fun So I got arrested there last year. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, just uh, going into there because they said visa waiver. Right. And we wasn't sure how connected it is to the United States, but it it's fucking United States territory. Oh, uh, I got soon you, As soon okay. as the doors open, welcome to Homeland Security, I went, ah, geez, I'm fucked. And right. they've they handcuffed me and oh, kept me in detention. I ah, bet it's a mistake, so that was, yeah. it didn't go on the record, so it was all good. Oh, uh, okay.
3: So we'll have you talk, you know, tight to the mic if you can. Uh, and you know, uh, whenever you're ready, Jay.
2: <laughs> Whenever you're ready.
3: Cool, Mark Striegel here with Talking Metal. We have the one, the only, the legendary Paul <laughs> Diano here with us tonight. Very honored, and Paul, welcome back to the United States. It's been, you said seventeen years. Seventeen years, since years. Since yeah. Cheers. Here. Thanks very much. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be here. And uh, I guess the troubles are pretty much sorted out, or are they still kind of no, chasing?
2: No, it? no, no, no. it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> nah, did the time, done the grind, did the time, and you know I'm all good now. Good to go. Good. Yeah. So, uh, I, this visa last for a year. Um, you know, they gave me the visa last year, but as I said, I couldn't accept it. So, uh, you know, uh, hopefully I'll be doing many more tours here until I retire. Good. About Good. another two years. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> another quitting. two years, yeah. <laughs>
3: well, let's let's talk about what's going on here. You have a, a – this is a new band you're touring with the States with? This is with.
2: a new band I've, I'm using here, yeah, because uh, we was trying to get together with the guys a couple of years back. They're, they're based in Pittsburgh, and, you know uh, – uh, it was it was a little weird <laughs> um, to to be doing this, you know I'm saying? Yeah. Like to get in there, but uh, yeah, they're they're pretty awesome. So when did you
3: first arrive back in the United States? I got into
2: Pittsburgh. Got in Pittsburgh Friday.
3: Friday, yeah, Friday, and and. You got into New York City yesterday, looked around. This is a town you used to live in. Yeah, absolutely. How has
2: it changed since you've been here? Well, Brooklyn has certainly changed. You know, it's it's a lot better. It's a lot cleaner and stuff. Yeah, but um, because I lived in Forest Hills and uh, West 57 and stuff like that, and uh, I got pissed off with the city because, you know, it's the same as London. It's just the cities pretty much. There's not a lot of difference. We've got five boroughs over there and... You know, I come from the worst part of Eastside London, you know, which is pretty much like the Bronx and shit like that. So it it doesn't change that much, but it has got cleaner, I noticed that. Yeah. But I got fed up there, so I moved to Texas like years ago. So that was it. That was the start of all the troubles. Uh-huh. Well, no, LA was start of the trouble. Well, you got it.
3: You you found your troubles in New York
2: City too, didn't you? you used to go out drinking with people like Ace Frehley from Kiss and stuff oh, like that. I, well, no, I, I think I'm drinking with Ace. I, I know Ace from when we did the Kiss tour and all that. But uh, oh. Oh, he's a dangerous man to be around. Yeah, <laughs> but no, nah, he's a good guy. But uh, you, nah, didn't, you didn't encounter him in the China Club in back in those days. No, I had my wedding reception in China Club though. Uh, uh, yeah. we got married in Brooklyn. I uh, I was an English wife, uh, like my second wife. Yeah, we got married in Brooklyn, and uh, oh, that was hilarious. Cause, yes. uh, uh, we we was late for our own wedding reception, because we was trying to get a taxi from outside of my apartment. Okay. And they crashed into each other, two see each other and hit each other. We're like, oh fuck it, let's walk. So we walked down to China Club. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if it's still going. Is the China Club still going?
3: You know, it, it shut down for a while, and I I, I think it reopened at some. All oh, right. Yeah. So. Because oh, my uh,
2: my my friend Brett used to run it. Yeah. You know? Right. Like, I don't know a, if it's the same people nah, involved. He, he's from Florida, Brett. He was. Fucking, right. He was he was a nuts guy. I tell you. Yeah, we had some good times there. That was good.
3: I wanted to ask you, your voice and and songwriting, for that what matter, voice? was such a... <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't much
2: one in a minute. <laughs> well,
3: well, a lot of people consider your voice on those first two Iron Maiden albums to be such a part of that band's <sighs> history. <laughs> two, two of the band's best records, uh, at least according to the hardcore fans. Um, those albums continue to be reissued. Yeah. Iron Maiden puts out DVDs with old footage of you do you mm.
2: continue to make money off Iron Maiden or is oh this yeah of course you do yeah, yeah. but uh, money was never an important thing about this uh, for me I mean, I'll make enough money off my own records as well so right. yeah, but it's never been about money um, I got quite enough you know I don't need any more uh, this is why hence why we're doing this thing like 41 different bands around the world keep yeah. the ticket prices down especially in South America right. because you know uh, that's my home um, and there's not a lot of money over there right you know so you know we do these things for the kids keep the prices down as best we can you know some places we've done it for less than $5 a ticket and stuff like that and, you know, and yeah. always let back 200 in for nothing as well yeah. you know like get them over the wall in the back and stuff it's all good
3: now post iron maiden Excuse one, me. one a yeah a sure
2: you only my eyes Oh, this is what you get for jet lag. All right, go on,
3: carry on. <laughs> no sleep to late. Po- post Iron Maiden, you had a yeah. band that a lot of people were into, including myself, called Battlezone. Yeah. It's very hard to find that stuff today. I actually had bought one of the albums... Uh, off of ebay on vinyl because my cassettes mm. no longer played do you <laughs> know if there would be any way we could get this music released like on itunes or something where people i could have you no know, as far as
2: i'm concerned uh, as far as i know i think they're they're sort of deleted now yeah you know which is um see the last one we done was in uh, 1999 which was the fill my pain album right uh we just got together and just did a one-off um recorded it all down at, um friend's house in our studio down in wiltshire and uh, where i got my other house in england you know yeah. uh, near stonehenge we've done that um, and then the record company put out a thing called Cessation of Hostilities which is all three albums okay together uh, you know on a CD box set and that was the last I've ever heard of it yeah <laughs> so that was it really so um, I have no idea you I, don't I have any tell, control no nah, I haven't that, got any record yeah. I've ever made I mean yeah. I'm not interested yeah and once I've done it rehearsed it and played it all around the fucking world I'm not going to be sitting and listening to my own records yeah um, I got that attitude, me. <laughs> yeah, that one's finished. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about the future of Paul Dano musically. Is
3: there any plans at this point to do a new record? You're here touring. Yes. Will, will there be a new
0: record from you? Well, we I point? actually
2: finished touring, which um, doesn't look um, any any time soon at the minute. Um, you know, I'm contracted. I find it really hard to write when I'm on the road. You know, it's very difficult. Um, because there's so many as many as distractions going on and it's really tough so, and oh, I need to get home I need to get back to São Paulo and you know get get in touch with the with the city again you know right. and that brings it all out you see so many different things going on there um we did do five tracks in Germany last year, okay uh five well four new tracks and one cover um well, I'm not going to talk anything about it um but we've had a bit of um disagreement with the record company, yeah. so who knows I may not be using those songs anymore which would be a damn shame because they were absolutely great it was like, really? very industrialized oh cool which was yeah, a lot heavier and industrialized but uh, me and a friend of mine Ben in England um, he's wrote about 18 bits of music and I got about 10 and we sort of linking them together he's just sifting through it what I want And used, and then he called me up the other day just before I left, and said, "Oh, right, I've got about another twenty pieces here." Oh wow! So when I it's getting time, I'm piecing it all up together. Okay. So yeah, but it is very tough. Cool. Well, do you? I mean, we a hope to hear that
3: stuff soon, and oh, it'll be
2: it'll be done soon. I'm sure. Um, I'll get round to it somehow, but I need to get it all together and piece it all up. You know, it's um having little bits and pieces not enough. You know, right? But you know, he's got some complete stuff, and I got a few. Pretty good ideas. So you know, we, we get it together. But most of the time, I was so damn tired. When I come on stage, all I want to do is just go to bed. Right. Yeah. And all the flying and travelling and Runs you down. I'm pretty fucked, <laughs> I mean, I'm yawning here, and I'm like, and I shouldn't be doing that. And I, I can't help it. I'll just. We got home from the gig last night about three, three thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and it took me about another two hours to get to sleep. Oh wow. And I was up again at eight thirty, and I've been awake and trying to sleep all day, but people right. keep fucking can't ringing me yet. up.
3: <laughs> do, you, do you, back to the songwriting, is that something you really enjoy writing the songs or would you rather be on stage performing? On stage, definitely,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, I find it really hard to record as well. Um, you know, like, stuck within four walls, it's just, it's hard to get yeah. get it out, the feeling and the emotions. I have to get really, really pissed off me when I get in the studio. Right. Um, but saying that, when we did the Living Dead album in, in Brazil, sure. I was really happy with that because... Um, my band, it took them a week to learn the songs, to get in the studio and record them. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my uh, guitar partner, uh, Paulo Turin, we did this. We wrote it all in England. Then Paulo moved back to Brazil. And then I followed him about six months later. And by then we got all the band together over there, went into our studio. Um, the guys laid all the tracks down within a week. Yeah? Wow. I came in on a Monday. I remember that. I, I came into my studio on a Monday. I went in. I did the whole album plus backing vocals so from 6 o'clock till 12 we finished the whole album hmm. and then went in the next day and did the same thing again and I thought well, well that's enough so it's done and yeah. then we, you know, we took about another two weeks mixing it and that was it, it yeah been. 25 million records, right? <laughs> Very good. Now, <laughs> when you look back on some of the songs that you've written,
3: uh, even some of the classic stuff with Maiden, mm-hmm. uh, you wrote uh, "Remember Tomorrow," mm-hmm. "Running Free," uh, "Killers." Mm-hmm. You, you you wrote. Can you tell us the meaning behind some of those songs? Let's
2: start with "Remember Tomorrow." What well, is that tw- actually tw- about? But that was that was uh, one of my grandfather's old sayings. Always you know, always looking the bright side sun. Remember tomorrow. Always right. always stuck in my head that. And then when he died, oh god, you know I missed him so much because like. Uh, He pretty much brought me up, my mum, you know, my nan, and that, because my dad died. Okay. Um, And then my mum remarried this English bloke. (laughs) Less said about that, the better. Yeah. But, you know, I was only only small at the time. Um, So, yeah, I always remembered that, you know. But my my grandfather actually died when I was on tour with Iron Maiden. I was uh, in Scotland. Uh, And I kept flying back, you know, Mm -hmm. to the hospital and stuff. And uh, it was really sad. But. Yeah, um, I'd already written the song by then, but like, yeah, it's a shame because he died um, after I played Glasgow Apollo, wow. and I went back on tour I knew that's, you know, that's what he wanted me to he'd want me to do it. Was that know? on the Killers tour? Or was no, that I made tour in 1980. To yeah, he died in 1980. 1980. Wow. So okay. sad, really. He was my idol. Yeah, yeah sure. He was like a builder basically, like carpenter and stuff like that. Yeah. And I used to copy him. I so used we're. The same little dungarees and his little striped yeah. flat cap and all that. I, I did exactly the same as he did, and sitting there bashing around with hammers and houses. Yeah. It, it was great. Wow. Uh, fantastic. And what about a song like Killers? That Killers. Co-wrote with Steve Oh, Harris? I tried to be a smart-ass with that one. I was um, I was trying to do, like, um... Yeah, it's a, obviously it's about a killer, you know, like somebody who's, like, very deranged sort of thing. I tried to get, it like, um... His reasoning for doing that, um... It didn't quite work out that way, <laughs> and then sort of get the, you know, the public's view of it. I, I didn't quite actually get it right, I don't think, but, yeah. you know, but it was good enough, so we kept it. But I was trying to do it like a, a two- a two or three-way thing, you know what I mean? But um, we didn't have enough, there wasn't enough time to get it all in, so pulled out what I wanted and then just kept it, you know, as it is. So it's basically just about the one person who's, like, deranged and likes yeah. to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few of them over here in this country. And
3: you mentioned uh, the Living Dead album <laughs> and the Living mm. Dead song, which there's actually a music video for.
2: What? Yeah. Uh, what actually was that inspired by lyrically? All oh, the Living Dead. Oh my God. Uh, see, all my travels around the world and stuff like that. Uh, the Living Dead. It's actually quite a dark album there. Uh, the Living Dead itself. It's um, just lost the will. To, you know, you see so much death and destruction around, you know, right. and, and all these people like starving in South America, you know, like in Honduras and, you know, a place like that, Nicaragua, Salvador, and it breaks my heart seeing these people like that, but you sort of become... Like a zombie to it. And, you know, you get overkill. It's like everyone, like that, with what's going on with Haiti and that. Yeah, it's like yeah. You know, you can see so much Someone's of it. That you become numb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I totally that was it. Yeah, I've sort of become numb, become the living dead. I'll just, you know, I can't feel it anymore. Right. You know, there was that one and Nomad, the, the actual song off the album as well. Nomad, that was right. the original title of the, of yeah, the album. Right, right, right. That song is the same thing. It's like moving around the world and, you know, seeking peace but finding none. Yeah. Because everywhere you go, there's fucking chaos going on, you know. Maybe this is the third coming of the Antichrist.
3: Right. <laughs> Clive Burr has not been well physically. No. Have you heard from him at all? Do you know what <laughs> yeah. his current state is? Um,
2: yeah, not very good at all. Um, I mean, um, last time I spoke to Clive, well, tried to speak to Clive, he was, um, yeah, he sounds drunk all the time. He sounds like he's in his voice. You know, Michael right. Sclerosis has got many different ways. He's bloody evil disease. He um, can't walk can't use his hands now and it's all in his voice, he sounds terrible. I mean I've done I, I think I've done quite a few clivates. Yeah. You know, um I, I'll do as many as they want me to just to sort of help out because, you know, he's, he's a great friend and sure I love him to death. But um it's very difficult for me to sort of see him because I always want to cry and I don't think yeah. that's the last thing he needs for me to do is that. But um you know, he's got the great support of Mimi's wife and stuff. You know, she's also a sufferer herself. But, yeah, you know, I heard that, yeah. yeah. but she's got very little of it. There's all different stages. The clients probably one of the worst stages you'll ever get of it. Wow. But, yeah, it's so sad. Um, I don't know. I hope he's happy. Um, I don't suppose you would be, really, with that. But, you know, mm-hmm. as happy as you can be. But um, we do this climate thing because we're trying to get all the money up for him to go and have this stem cell treatment. Oh, okay. But it's bloody dangerous as well, you know what I mean? Yeah, but risky the yeah, 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 the thing is, you, you know, he's going to die anyway right. of the multiple sclerosis or you're going to die at some stage. So to me, I'd take the chance if it was me, mm-hmm. you know, because... Um, got nothing to lose right you know and it could give him something where he could actually walk again i'm not going to say he's ever going to play drums again because i doubt that'll ever happen yeah but you know a, you know a lot more movement than that because um when we was filming that um what was it the early years or whatever it was for Iron made right. we went up yep. and done our the, beers the release, yeah i see Clive a couple of weeks before that and he was walking wow and then apparently he got up to <laughs> Get his remote control on the TV and fell over oh backwards boy. and has ended up in a wheelchair and he's been in it ever bloody since. Wow. Yeah, wow. which is bloody awful because um, what, what we were laughing about it at the time said he had his leg getting plastered as well as so he busted his leg But um, and we filmed our bits um, within a couple of minutes of each other and that so we sort of hung out for a couple of hours out there and uh, mm-hmm. it was cool but me and Bruce uh, we did a live aid, uh, live a clavade for him right. um, about three years ago in London in, in East London and, that. and uh yeah, it was kind of cool actually. Yeah. Um, I think the kids liked it having both of us there. It was cool. Yeah. But and now um, you,
3: you? You mentioned Bruce. Do you, do you hear ever from any of the other current members of Iron Maiden? Yeah.
2: Um, well, now I mean, they meet up at airports and that occasionally. Is, uh, when Maiden played in Brazil the other year, they was asking for me, but I was in on tour in Germany, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, okay. And um, oh, I am a bit of a sore point at the moment because um, when they played in Brazil last year, my cousins. They went to see them play, and they're from uh, a city just outside of São Paulo in uh, Campinas. Okay. And on the way home, um, one of the sisters lost control of the car, and the other one went through the windscreen. Oh uh, oh uh, so my poor old gonna, Carla; yeah. she's not feeling
3: very well at the minute, but oh she'll be all right. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Cheers, Metal. Good luck at the show tonight. We will be Thank there you rooting much. you on. And uh, And welcome back to the uh, to
2: the United States. Thank of America. you very much. It's good to be here anyway. Cheers for that. Thank <laughs> you.
1: turns, shadows fall, cold wind
2: blows, stand alone, a thousand voices, ghosts that call my name, tears came once, so long